home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. It's Tuesday. Welcome to Cross Politics on the Fight Lab Feast Network. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the water good, boy. Pastor. And, and you got to stick good. around. We got good. Beckett Cook coming on the show later. Beckett. We're going to be talking to Beckett Cook. Oh. Yeah. Um, I got a really fun. important question for him. Yeah, oh, excited really to have him. He was saved from homosexuality, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. Gravity Jack is a full-service digital agency specializing in the development of virtual and augmented reality experiences, mobile apps, blockchain, Web3 projects. Founded in 2009 as the first American agency to offer augmented reality, they even patented it. Gravity Jack's digital experiences have been a source of innovation for small businesses, Fortune 500 companies, and the U.S. military. So get your Vision in motion at gravityjack.com today. Did you know that Fox Nation is just producing something that... What? Oh, you uh, haven't I, seen this I, yet? Uh, no, man. Okay, I can't... Like, okay. th- I've never wanted to join Fox Nation until now. I'm actually a member. I paid my $64. Really? Yeah. Really? I, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, gonna, gonna, it was recent. Are you going to share your login credentials? <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, you remember, you remember Juicy Smollier? Which, yeah, by, I remember by the way, Juicy. Chappelle forever has changed Jussie's name to Juicy. It's Juicy. Yeah, Juicy Smollier. Yeah. Um, well, Fox Nation. Oh, no. Uh, they did, what is it, six-part series? No, no. I think there's it's two parts to is this. It two At part? least that's what's up right now. Okay, two there parts. might be more coming. <laughs> <laughs> they did a couple-part series on on uh, uh, the whole Juicy Smollier thing, but they did it. From the the black guys who are supposed to be the white guys that beat them up's uh, point of view. weren't they? weren't they? Suppo- aren't they uh, gay uh, too? Oh, uh, like the hired thugs. Yes. Are these guys gay? I think I, I thought they were. They were brothers. So but. so here's just a clip from their point of view of how it went down that night. Go. They took our beautiful bench. <laughs> this is where we waited for Jussie to come before we attacked them. <laughs> so we got here with ten minutes to spare. And we had to plan our escape route to survey the land. His building is actually right here, right above the stairs that we're going to attack him at. We made sure we got there at 2 a.m. sharp. On the dot. On the dot. We had no phones because he did not want us to bring any phones. He said, so we don't lose them. I don't know if that's really the reason, but you can deduce your own reason. So 2 a.m., he was nowhere to be found. He was not there. So we were like, damn, what do we do? We didn't have no way of contacting him. He had no way of contacting us. So we waited here for about, what, four, four minutes? It was about four minutes, four minutes, but it felt like forever. Because it was cold as balls. <laughs> so I saw him out the corner of my eye, and I was like, OK, that's him. Let's go. We got to go get this empire. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Is that him? That's that neck. It's that neck. Get that let's neck. Go. Oh, he's moving fast. Come on, let's get him. Get that neck. Let's get him. As we cross the street, we said hey to get his attention. Hey, neck. Hey, 
He turned around, looked at us, and that's when we started yelling uh, the famous slurs he wanted us to yell. <laughs> hey, aren't you that empire <laughs> Empire fat It's MAGA country. <laughs> and then he said, what did you say to me? And then that's when I threw the first punch at him. I held the blow, because I didn't want to hurt him, of course. So I made it look real, but I held it. Then we started tussling, moving, moving around, and then I threw him to the ground. He wanted it to look like he fought back. That was very important <laughs> for him. Because he said, hey, don't just beat my ass. Make it look like I'm fighting back and whatnot. So we did that. And then I threw him to the ground. And while after I threw him to the ground, I he had no bruise. I wanted it to look more real. So then I threw him to the ground. After I threw him to the ground, I used my knuckle and gave him a noogie. So I went like this. <laughs> Why did I do that? To give him a scar, to give him a mark, to make it look real like he really did get his ass beat. After I did that, I fake kicked him. I don't know what he was doing. I wasn't paying attention. That's where I came around with the bleach, the infamous bleach in the hot sauce bottle, <laughs> poured it on his shirt. Then I finally put the rope around his face. I did not put it around his neck. Big I just difference. placed it on his Big face. Difference. And that's when we took off. My there you go. Goodness. Uh, so, I mean, that, that like almost makes you want to join Fox Nation. <laughs> like I just, a, like just a little bit. Listen, like the way God's world is designed, you ain't going to escape justice. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. they might what not what catch happened you. to these guys? Do they have like they got, fines They're about to get their own show. I mean, yeah. obviously. Well, I see that. Yeah, but, I think they got fined or something like that. Yeah. And my well, I mean, they helped. They, they, I mean, they probably did a plea deal. But, you know? but listen, yeah. so yeah. do not. When you decide that you want to go against God's world and reality, right. whenever you do that, you know the odds are stacked against you. You're right. going to lose. Right. But what you don't want to ever do is buy the great value version of a hoax team. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't buy the yeah. great value version. <laughs> that, that, that dollar store that, hoax team don't that work? That is not going to get you as far. Now, you, you're going to run into reality at some point, but at least you got a little further down the road with your hoax team yeah. that, you know, this... So are we talking of, about Drag Queen Story Hour? We're getting there. We're getting there. Because <laughs> oh, I'm thinking to myself, dollar store hoaxes. <laughs> that's about the same thing. Right, right? Yeah, no, that's real talk. I just I saw this and I was like, you know, man, maybe next time he'll spend more. Maybe whatever kind of Republican money or whatever kind of money the um, Democratic Party spends, Nancy Pelosi spends on their hoax team, mm. they can spend the same kind of budget. Yeah, it yeah, takes a little yeah, longer yeah. for it to catch up to them, yeah. but All right. that's just a word to the wise. Okay. Word to the wise. All right, so um, Drew Barrymore is, um, apparently has a talk show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know she is had it, a. Is it on Fox Nation? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, I didn't time. know. <laughs> yeah, I, she's yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is not because this is another hoax. And and she had that dude on. Um, the dude in the dress. Oh yeah, the one who interviewed Haney or Dull Haney or yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. I, I try not Dylan. to remember. I don't want that name to stick in my mind. I believe yeah. it's Dylan. So this, Dylan, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, well, I mean, you, the patriarchy is inescapable. I mean, just just watch the clip. It's interesting because I look at someone like you and I can't imagine anybody disliking you. Oh, please. Do you know, do you want to know, ironically, who uh, dislikes me the most sometimes? Who? Myself. Oh, me too. Oh. And, but, I guess, you know, you've asked me now. Like, so bad. You've asked me, like, what I would do to combat the hate, right? Yeah. But what do you do? 
Okay, that's a great question. Now, I started... You've been doing it a little longer than I have. Well, you know, it's funny because when I was a kid, um, you starting with E.T., it was the first time I was introduced to film reviews, which are basically social media. Yes. But... I felt like all these reviews, and it would, could be a Charlie's Angels, it could be an E.T., it could be The Wedding Singer, everything in between. If you read reviews, just like on social media, you are pretty much guaranteed a 50-50. Some like it, some don't. So you've got to be willing to bear down and brace for it. And I think... I think picking your battles, too. Yes. And sometimes I think the greatest uh, response can just be in the next joyous video or in the next win that you have, because that just goes to show that, like, you are continuing on and whatever that those people are projecting onto you, it isn't actually penetrating. I just want to thank our producer for that. Um, <laughs> he's that, got great that time. edit. Where, where, that edit. That? Yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, this is actually kind of like ET. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's. Yeah. Oh my goodness. He is massive. I mean, look, and can just this body is, size. This is, wasn't this the dude that stole suitcases? No, no, no. That's, no. that's the other guy that oh, was working oh, in the body. I, I know they all blur together. All the dudes in the dresses <laughs> look the same to me. I don't want to get off track of what's going on here. I want to play one yeah. more clip. Now, before yeah. we play this clip, I want to set up. These are all black men who are dressed like women. Don't get it mistaken. What? These are all black men. Go ahead, Neil. In the source material. Yeah, I just feel like there's such a long rooted history in appropriation from black culture. Like, for instance, like when I go to the Metropolitan Museum and I see things that they've taken from Africa, I see things that they've taken from Nubia, mm-hmm. and then you go mm-hmm. and you, yes, and then you go and you look at these pillars and then there's this white man Samuel something something 1800 going and saying I'm putting my ownership on something that was never mine to begin with and then they go yeah I discovered it so then it gives me this ownership like I can take it and it can be mine and I feel like it's that entitlement that is one thing that we really need to discuss like there is a way I feel to very much so appreciate somebody's culture but so many times like like Bob says, there are times where, you know, they cite the source, but uh-huh. they don't. Pastor Toby, your face was hilarious. Um, you know what it reminded me of? There's this old um, um, uh, children's version of Pilgrim's Progress mm-hmm. called Dangerous Journey. And it's got this, like, just incredibly well-illustrated um, version of Pilgrim's Progress. Mm. And they look like, like, they're these, they're these it's well done, but in I think it's in the... Um, um, oh, I can't remember which the the um, Vanity Fair. Oh. <laughs> the, the people are all done up, crazy gaudy. It's like you know, yeah. it's like 1800s, 19, 1700s, sure. yeah. but they're like it's like like over the top gaudy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, just for a second, I have this like flat like flashback to Pilgrim's Progress, and mm-hmm. it's like, isn't God kind? Isn't it? Isn't he kind? Like we think Pilgrim's Progress, we think like that's a nice allegory. You're right. And it's like no. Actually, Mr. Worldly Wiseman exists. Yeah. That's right. And they look like this. And they look like this. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, and, and um, Mr., you know, um, you know, liar head off uh-huh. is a real person. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and Mr. Lust Bucket yeah. is a real person. Yeah. Mm. And like all these characters is like they actually exist. 
And yeah. and isn't God kind? They actually wear the costumes. <laughs> Maybe we can talk even more about this after after um, in the backstage. But I think that there is the attack right now that's on sex is not as upfront as um, we think it is. And what I mean by sex, I mean fruitfulness. The attack. Yes. Okay. So right now, this easy to watch these clips, particularly it's this. Easy one. to watch these clips. And let me finish. Excuse me. This is not This is like the hardest show we've done in a while. <laughs> but it's easy to look at this and then to find the things to attack that's on the surface. Oh yeah, sure. Right. 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 The, there you see five yeah. black men dressed up like women talking, talking about, about black appropriation, talking about cultural appropriation yeah. from yeah. white men. Yeah. Which yeah. it'd be easier for a white man to become black than it is for them to become women. Yeah. Okay, yeah. first of all, that's, right. <laughs> that's the reality, that's right? right? Yeah. So there's that that's on yeah. front, and that's part of the conversation that I think the, the principalities and powers, and I think they want that conversation being had. That's why they put it up here like yeah. this, so gaudy. Yeah. But there is something else that's happening. Drew Barrymore, this clip, and all the other drag stuff is promoting a new form of beauty that is fruitless mm-hmm. that we get to go and attack instead of promoting the real form of beauty that's behind mm-hmm. uh, um, our doctrine. That's right. We have real beauty. They're mocking that beauty. Right. We're, we're fighting against this, but that the way that we're fighting against it isn't with, the I think, the right weapons. A woman that can actually have a child is the most beautiful thing right now, yeah. and it's one of the things that we kind of want to tuck in the back and not be proud of. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, and those are the kind of things that we need to be promoting. Those are the kind of stories we right. need to be telling. That's the kind of things that our weapon is. They can't fight against that, and there's a way to, to engage this stuff that I think we should, yeah. but the way that we need to be engaging it is with the proper forms of sex, mm-hmm. right? They want fruitless and the yep. way that we want to engage is with fruitfulness right. on the other side of it, right? And right. we miss that and we become really good critics of stuff like this, yeah. which we should be. Yeah. But we don't fight it with the real fire yeah. that distinguishes this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and so I just I know we don't have a whole lot of time because we've got to run to our guests real quick. But I think when when you go and you see what Paul talks to Titus about setting up the things that he left unfinished. Yeah. One of the things that he lays out is the beauty of the family, the right. wife in mm. submission to the husband, the way she raises and teaches her kids and the way the husband um, is honoring his wife and the way that she's teaching other women to raise their kids mm-hmm. as the thing that shuts the mouth of the pagans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And so long as we're so busy criticizing this alone and missing out on promoting the beauty of what godly family looks like, we're missing out on the biggest weapon. Right. To shut the mouths of these pagans. That's right, man. And I don't think we need to lose that. I want to criticize. This is horrible. Right. But there's some, there's another form of beauty that we need to relish it. And it's not always because we put it out on TV. It's actually the way that we act in our homes because it's the home beauty right. that shines out in the door. Yeah. And Pastor, you got your yeah. Bible, but I don't want to stop yeah, there. Yeah, say no. that and I'll yeah. give you that. Well, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, so so the most the most potent argument against this is a wife who's well loved. And you know, great with child. Yeah, mm-hmm. come on now. I mean, like, just I mean, just yeah. just just all, all by itself. It's like none of you dudes at the table. You can do that. That's yeah. right. not one of you. <laughs> not one you, of you. You can't make a human being in your body. Yeah. That's right. Um, so the most the most potent argument against this is just the fact. Yes. Of reality. It's back to your point. Back to reality. About, you can't fight reality. You yeah. can't. You can't do some you know cosmetic surgery or put on makeup or a dress. And superficially, dollar store hoax it. Right, right. Mm. You're, these these people are just as silly as the as the Jussie Smollett yeah. um, hoaxers. 
um, you know, <laughs> trying to put bruises and, and you know, whatever nooses yeah. on their heads. Yeah. Um, but I was, it, it reminds me, again, this is kind of lining up with the, the Pilgrim's Progress scene, but it reminded me of this text in, in, in chapter four of, of uh, First Peter. But in, in Pilgrim's Progress, actually in Vanity Fair is where, um, where Faithful um, is, um, is arrested and actually, they they kill him. They they, they kill faithful in, mm. in, in Vanity Fair. Um, uh, Christian gets off with some kind of technicality. But the thing that I, as I recall, it's been a little while since I w- walked through the details of, of the story. But the thing they really hated was simply that um, that faithful didn't approve. Yeah, that was it. They wanted to, they they wanted to plug their ears and run mm-hmm. through town. They were going to the celestial city. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And so what's what's happening more and more as we're seeing is initially, of course, the argument is just leave us alone. We just want to do our own thing. Why right. do you care what we do in the privacy of our own home? Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's we're out in public in the in the public square yeah. doing our pride parades and gyrating and in, in front of little right. kids. Yeah. Um, and, and now we're at the White House. And it's, it's like, well, yeah. well, why do you care what we do over here? You're allowed to do what you want to do in your private. You know, go to church. You can do your yeah. religious thing. But notice the trajectory. Yeah. The yeah. next step is why are you not celebrating That's what it. we're doing? That's right. it. And pretty soon, I. I guarantee you the very next step is we are offended that your wife is pregnant. Yeah, that's right. Because you are showing off something that we Mm. can't do. Mm. I mean, mean, I'm I'm dead serious. You're right. In in first Peter uh, four, it it says, um, it says that he, he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. We, are, we already did our, our, yeah. our share the there. of Gentile living. Yeah. When we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking mm. evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. So... You know, they think it's strange that we don't go with them. That's yeah. the that's the that's how that's the direction this always goes. Yep. Is you have to join us. Yep. That's um, right. And um and, and they speak evil of you because mm-hmm. you don't join in them because your testimony, your life in Christ, your fruitfulness in Christ, your forgiveness of one another, um, your joyful, uh, you know, dinner times, yep. uh, your, your your love and care for one another, your love of your wife, your respect of your husband, your fruitfulness, and all those um, olive plants around your table. Um, it's a different. You're proclaiming a different truth. That's yeah. right. A different God, a different yep. reality, and it contradicts a fruitful reality. A fruitful reality, yeah. and it completely exposes the yep. emptiness yep. and the fruitlessness Amen. of what they're. Pretending and they hate it. Amen. Beckett Cook up next on Cross Politic. Looking for a job isn't easy. It used to be that you could apply at a big name tech company and build a great career for yourself. But times have changed. Many of these companies have gone full woke. And if you aren't the right gender, ethnicity, you don't use pronouns, or if you're not an activist for the preferred cause, then good luck. Why would you risk your career on that? At Red Balloon, we're connecting good employees with top quality companies that value you for your skills and your work ethic, not your social activism score. Employers who post jobs on Red Balloon are focused on creating an enjoyable and productive work culture, free from divisive woke mandates. So if you want to find a serious career path without the nonsense, come to Red Balloon and post your resume today because you shouldn't have to choose between your job and your values. That's redballoon.work, where you can find your future.
So we promise not to show those videos for like another, you know, quarter or something like we'll that. We'll have you more know, tomorrow. Oh, oh, will we? We'll have more. That oh, that's right. Because tomorrow's Baron Psalms and David French. That was yes. That was quite enough. Okay. That was quite. I want right. to talk about David French today. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politic. <laughs> Stop it. The mission of Armored Republic is to honor Christ by equipping free That's men right. with tools of liberty necessary to preserve God-given rights. In the Armored Republic, there's no king but Christ. We are free craftsmen, and body armor is a tool of liberty. We create tools of liberty. Free men must remain ever vigilant against tyranny wherever it appears. God mm. has given us the tools of liberty needed to defend the rights he bestowed upon us. Armored Republic is honored to offer you those tools. So visit them today at AR and then the number 500AR500Armor.com. We're really grateful to have with us right now on the line, on the Zoom, Beckett Cook. He's a noted production designer working in L.A. who was fully engaged in life as a gay man. He's since been transformed by the gospel when he was invited to a church by a stranger. A now stranger. his goal is to challenge the current cultural narrative about sexuality in general and homosexuality in particular by demonstrating through his personal testimony and biblical truths that, yes, homosexuality is still a sin and that following Christ is infinitely more satisfying and joyous. Beckett, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. You still working in Hollywood? Actually, no. I got I got, um, I got canceled in Hollywood in 2019 when my book came out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got dropped by my agents, and uh, so I don't. I no longer work in production design. Uh, but I went to seminary from 2014 to 2017, and now I'm basically in full time ministry. So it wasn't a shock when I got canceled in Hollywood because I knew yeah. God was leading me into something else. Yeah. Yeah. What, what seminary did you go to? Talbot School of Theology at yeah. Biola University. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and your book is uh, Change of Affection, A Change of Affection. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So tell us your story, you know, briefly. I, I know you 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 tell it all the time, but I um I I've heard uh, a few bits Snippets of it here and, here and there. there. Yeah, so yeah. so tell us how how'd you come to the Lord Jesus? It's a crazy story. It's a, uh so yeah, I I my entire since I was a kid, I knew that I was attracted to the same sex in high school and college. And, uh, and when I, when I got out of college, that became my identity. I, I became a self-identified gay man and, um, pursued that life to the fullest moved to Los Angeles, lived, lived the, the LA life, like to the, to its fullest yeah, parties, wow. award shows, everything. I knew everyone, met everyone, friends with a lot of, uh, famous people. And so that was kind of my life for from 1993 to 2009, I don't know how many years that is. Wow. And um, had many, many boyfriends, uh, lived with boyfriends over the years, was 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 basically an atheist. atheist. Uh, and then in 2009, uh, I, I was at a coffee shop, met some strangers. They were Christians. They had Bibles on their table, which was bizarre to see in LA because I'd never seen a Bible in public in LA. <laughs> And they invited me to their church. Uh, I I asked them, what does your church in Hollywood believe about homosexuality? And they said, well, we believe it's a sin. Yeah. And it was just very simple. And um, I had had a six months prior to this day, I had a, a night at Paris Fashion Week where I felt this total emptiness and this like, what is, why am I here? What is life all about? I can't live like this anymore. I've chased shiny objects all my life. 
this is not going to do it for me anymore. So when they told me homosexuality was a sin, I was I was open to that. I was open to hearing that. So so wait, real quick. So they didn't tell you like, well, are you same sex attracted? Or are you acting out your homosexuality or not? They didn't try to break that down or anything. No, they, no, they didn't even ask me. <laughs> they didn't ask me about that. No, no, I, I asked them what did their church believe about homosexuality? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, so I brought the subject up. Um, and then the following Sunday, I reluctantly went to this church service and um, on Sunset Boulevard and uh, heard the gospel. And I was like, what? This is the gospel. <laughs> it was the first time I had heard and understood the gospel in my entire life. And wow, it blew me away. I was like, this is good news. Like, what is this? It was my, the pastor was preaching out of Romans chapter seven and uh, for an hour. And then after the sermon during the worship time, that's when everything went down. Like the, I sat down, everyone else was standing and worshiping and singing. And and I sat down cause I was so overwhelmed by the sermon and everything and the music. And because while he was preaching, everything he was saying was resonating as truth in my mind, in my heart. And I mm. didn't know why mm. I was just like, what is this? Like, this is all true. And, and then at, during the worship time, the, as, as soon as the worship started, the Holy spirit just went and just, it was a road to Damascus moment. It wow. was, seriously, it was like Jesus, God, in my mind, God said to me, not audibly, but in my mind, he said, he said, as clear as day, he said, I'm God. Jesus is my son. Heaven is real. Hell is real. The Bible is true. Welcome to my kingdom. <laughs> and I just started wow. bawling and bawling and bawling and bawling. And I, I couldn't stop crying for days really or years. But um and then it happened to say I got home after the service and I got into bed to take a nap and it happened again. God was like Moses in the cleft of the rock. God pa passes by with his glory. Right. And God's like, let me show you some more of my glory. <laughs> and I just felt this like crazy presence of God. And I immediately burst into tears. I jumped out of my bed and I was like God in the middle of my bedroom, I said, God, you have my whole life. I'm yours. I'm done. That's it. And I knew in that moment that homosexuality was not my identity. I knew that being gay, I knew homosexual behavior was sinful. I knew that it was no longer part of my future. I didn't care because I had just met Jesus. So I'm like, good riddance to that old life. I'm going to go with that guy, yeah. Jesus. And, and that was September 20th, 2009. And I, I'm still in awe that of God's amazing grace and that I'm in his kingdom out of all the like gays in West Hollywood where I live, like God just like plucked me out of obscurity and into his kingdom. Like mm. it was crazy out of darkness into his light. Wow. Wow. Now, That's glorious. Now, so, so the Bible's like been very clear on this issue and there's over the it last, still is. it still is. Yeah. Was, <laughs> it still is very clear. Was and is, uh, and, and over the last, I would say, you know, 15 years, there's been a lot of like confusion about, uh, uh, what the Bible says about homosexuality. And it's largely come from the church. That's made it confusing people in the church, teachers in the church, revoice, yeah. um, living out.org. Um, a number of these organizations that are trying to talk about same sex attraction and trying to, you know, are you acting out or are you just? I have a gay identity, I but, a I gay identity. Not, but I don't act it out or whatever. Yeah. So, so why do you think, um, you know, homosexuality particularly has been so, come such a confusing topic in the church? 
Well, it's a very simple answer. It's because of the power of the culture. Because with a culture, you know, starting, we can go back to way back to Jean-Jacques Rousseau, but starting in the sexual revolution in the 1960s, everything started to become unhinged. And and then uh and then of course, you know, in the 90s, especially in the 90s, that's when sitcoms like Will and Grace and mm-hmm. um, Queer Eye for the, and then TV shows like Queer Eye for the Straight Guy yeah, and yeah. movies like Brokeback Mountain and yeah. all these, all these kind of gay themed movies and TV shows started to emerge. Ellen. Uh, and so that, the power of storytelling is so, so very persuasive yeah. to a culture. And it's the most powerful means of persuasion. And so that's why it's like, we live in a very specific time and place in history and culture, and we don't live in a vacuum. And obviously the culture is influencing the church and not the other way around. Like the church is no longer really influencing the culture. The culture has just invaded the church. And it's no wonder why people in, you know, ordinary churchgoers are kind of like confused about this issue. And even leaders in the church are like, well, I, Hmm. I guess it seems like it's okay now to be LGBTQIA. Like it seems okay because the the culture, the world saying that, so it must be right. And I don't, I think people just have a blind spot to this, uh, the blind spot to the power of the culture. And they, they don't kind of fully understand that we're either giving into the power of the world, the lies of the world or to the, to the truth of the word of God. Right. There, we're never in neutral. Right. We're we're always we're either giving into the world or the word word, and so that's why as believers, we. I always say, if you watch an hour of Netflix, you need to now read the Bible for an hour because you've just been lied to for an hour. So, and this, you now. need to be renewed in your mind. Yes. So that's that's why it's so critical to be in the Word of God and not buy the lies of. I mean, say. Satan is thrilled, by the way, he's thrilled that he's got an entire culture deceived with this issue. He's so happy. He's laughing all the way to the bank and ministers and pastors and leaders are, are starting to cave to this issue because of the, of the pressure of the world. And, you know, that's where we are. And it's like, it's the most disturbing kind of point in, in, uh, in my, in my opinion, in well, not the most disturbing point in church history, but in current church history yeah. right now, it's it's very disturbing. Megan, I'm I'm curious to hear about how things have gone. You you had as you said, you had so many connections in Hollywood and friends and and so on. I'm curious to hear about um, your ability. To, I, I mean, have any other friends come to the Lord? Have you had a, an ongoing ministry to some of those old friends? And and just as sort of a piggyback question to that is, I, I mean. Um, my wife and I went and um, caught uh, Jesus Revolution uh, a few weeks ago uh, with our our good friend uh, Joel Courtney. Yeah. Um, and uh, you guys interviewed him without me, which yeah. I'm still holding against yeah. you, and I, I'm very resentful of. Um, but um, but he, he couldn't remember your name. It's weird. But but my wife and I came out of it, and the first thing my wife said is she's she's and I thought this was really interesting. She said, "I wonder if the hippies of our day is the LGBTQ." community 
um, in in a sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, the, the movie is the church reaching out I, to them I, with I, truth. Yeah. And, and I, don't, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it you know depicts the you know just this this moment where you know the yeah. Chuck Smith and so on, and um, and you've got these hippies doing drugs, you know, trying to find themselves, going to concerts and so on. And I and as I've talked to people like Rosaria Butterfield, um, I, I don't know if this was your experience, but I've I also have you know we're in, a, we're in a university town and students who come out of the university tell me that in many ways finding yourself right now means basically finding a sexual identity. Like that's what it means to find yourself. Mm. But, but, but I have, I've, I've talked to these students who say, but, but it's absolutely empty. There's nothing there. You, you don't find yourself by turning in on your sexual yes, identity. Sir. And so it does seem like there's some parallels there. And I guess, so part of my question is personally, how's it gone for you with old friends from that, that, um, that background in that past. And then also, I mean, what's your read on the current moment? Um, is it ripe for the gospel? Uh, yeah, I do think it's right for the gospel because I think that the, this this whole movement, this whole LGBTQ movement is, as you said, it's very, when you get down to the bottom of it, it's, it's empty. It's completely empty. And it's always kind of shape-shifting and you don't really know where you are, who you are, what you, where you stand, what your identity is. It's always changing. And I think postmodernism is such a heavy burden on people. Mm. It was a heavy burden on me. Yeah. And I think it's such a heavy burden on people. And I think people are dying for, or not dying, they're craving and dying for the truth. They want to know that there is objective truth out there. And they want to know that they have a telos in this world. They want to know they have a purpose and that they want to know where they came from, what they're doing here and where they're going. Mm -hmm. Because when you don't know that, I mean, I didn't know that for 42 years and mm. it is a heavy burden. It's a heavy weight to bear when you don't have any uh, objective uh, purpose in life. And so I think it is, I think it is the the time is right for the gospel and um, I think we do. We need to pray for a revival in in that with that community. And um, I'm I'm seeing it too. And with my, as you asked about my friends, two maybe I can't remember now. Three, I think three of my old friends have come to faith in Christ, oh, which wow. is an amazing praise yeah. God. Gay, like men who used to identify as gay, and well, yeah, praise God. And then, uh, but a, a lot of my friends, it's it's really funny because. When I got saved, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm just going to go tell. I mean, I had like super close friends in LA, yeah. very close for, for 20, 30 years. And, um, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to go t tell them my, what happened and they're going to come to Christ. <laughs> it's going to be so easy. Yeah, right. But it's like pulling teeth. It's like pulling teeth. And so I was, I was pretty disappointed that my closest, closest friends really rejected Christ rejected the gospel. I mean, who knows? Seeds are planted. We, I, I'm still praying for them. Right. But um, and especially when my book came out in 2019, my my really my inner circle of closest friends cut me off because that was kind of like, okay, it's it's one thing to kind of talk about this and yeah. you know evangelize or whatever, but it's another thing to write a book about this and be out in the world. Right. So that that's when the that's when I got cut off really from. Mm. I lost a very, very close friends when my book came out. Wow. Hey, Becky, can you stay around for a little bit? 
After this, yeah. we're going to, I want to, I have a bunch of questions here. As you were talking, I got stuck in your testimony. I got a bunch of questions on what happened after day one of being saved. <laughs> so, yeah. I want to ask you that. So um, Gabe has to run. But hey, if you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. We study God's Word at music camp, and God commands us to sing as, uh, to let His Word dwell in us richly in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're to worship Him musically. We're to proclaim His Word musically. And so we want to train up our, our students, our children, to be able to sing skillfully with music, to understand what they're doing. The Bible says sing with understanding. But it's all couched in studying God's Word, growing up as Christian worshipers. The default in our culture today is to be a music consumer. We are conditioned by the age we live in and the technology we have to be people who listen to music and it's an important part of our life. But we have lost something that our forefathers knew, which was being active participants in music. It used to be if you wanted music, you had to make the music. And now we, we just press a button, but uh, these students uh, are learning through the course of their time at music camp not to be music consumers but to be active participants in making music. So not only to learn how to sing well, how to understand music as it's written on a page and how it comes together in a group environment, but to be able to take those experiences and have them be the seeds that are planted for their involvement their whole life in the musical life of the church. We want these students to be the next wave of worshipers in the church who know how to sing to God.